Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. And this week we are talking about what a speaker needs to get booked. And one of the most essential pieces of the speaker marketing puzzle is the demo video. We're going to talk about what it takes to make a great demo or sizzle reel. But before I do that, our podcast this week is brought to you by the Wealthy Speaker Business Boutique. If you head over to speakerlauncher.com, you'll see that there's a tab for our business boutique, and you'll find that we house a lot of suppliers who can be helpful in building your business. You'll see website developers, CRMs, event management tools, and even a speaker's agent. These are all companies that we know, like, and trust, and we'll pass them along to you. Now, our guest expert today is Chris West of Video Narrative. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. So good to be with you. I'm excited to talk video with you because it is such an important part of this whole, you know, marketing mystery that I think people kind of get into. Don't you think that it's huge in terms of getting booked? I would say that it's about 50%, at least 50% of the ability to get booked or not is, is the videos you have. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit, it, it also depends on kind of where speakers are in their, in their process. So if they're an emerging speaker and they're charging $1,500, it's much less important than if they're a seasoned speaker charging 10K. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. Let me, let me just read everybody your bio. Okay, Chris? Mm -hmm. Chris West is the owner and founder of Video Narrative, a production company that specializes in growing speaking businesses through brand clarity, speaker demo reels, and website design. The origin of Chris's narrative work came in a neurobiology class where he first learned the power of story for organizing information in the mind. Completing this research one May afternoon, he resolved never to create another video without telling an authentic story, a commitment that led to years of research on the way we connect, learn, and grow through stories. Super cool. Today, Chris works alongside thought leaders to increase their message, clarity, and impact through powerful narratives. Now, when not creating videos, Chris is out backpacking with his wife and daughter and serves as the volunteer director of Bukesa Children's Home in Uganda, Africa, which, oh my gosh, that what an amazing volunteer role, Chris. <laughs> like, that's not a little, uh, a little volunteer effort down the street from your house. Yeah, yeah, I kind of fell into that when I was 24 and have never stopped doing it. Look so, back. oh, mm -hmm. good for you. That sounds like amazing work, and uh, I would love to know more about that. Is there anywhere on your website that you talk about what you do there? Um, it, it there isn't actually. I've kind of kept the two somewhat separate, and uh, I mean, I think there's a lot. I think I should probably include them more more often. A lot of the clients or people that we that I work with and become friends with know that about me. But yeah. Um, I, yeah, it kind of confuses people sometimes to find out. Well, do you do work in Uganda or do you run a video production company? And so I kind of have allowed those two to be somewhat separate as I do the work over the years. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. Let's dive right into demos. So. Let's first talk about sizzle versus demo. Yeah. Do, do you like the term <laughs> sizzle reel? I have a bit of an issue with it. What do you think about the term sizzle reel? Uh, I mean, it's normal 
language. And so I try to adapt the, the, you know, the way that people speak, but I personally hate the idea, the term sizzle reel. And the reason is because words have power and the way that we describe something immediately creates a place in our mind where we have, you know, our brain literally has file storages where it goes and finds a word and it knows exactly what that word means in the mind. Right. And so Sizzle Reel immediately creates this idea of marketing, um, kind of fake, I don't know, like over the top. It, 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 like it ma- doesn't something create- magical or inauthentic about it or something like that. Yeah, I mean, sizzle, right? Like it, it just feels immediately unlike the way that most people want to create the image of their speaking brand. All right. And yet so- we still use the word. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think that's a good clarification. And I think that everything you do needs to have intention behind it. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to talk about today is creating authentic demo reels. And I think that that's just an interesting clarification for people because it's always bothered me just a little bit. And I really couldn't say why. Um, you know, you need to have the meat in there as well as the sizzle. And there's lots of things to this. And so that's why for me, it's felt like it was missing something or inauthentic somehow. So, okay. What makes an effective demo reel? <laughs> well, and I think there's a perfect example right there of just the words, right? Is demo is short for demonstration. And I think the most effective you know, idea that we're all looking for, for our brand, right? Is that we want to create an experience online that is reflective of the experience we create in person. Mm, nice. And so a dem- calling it a speaker demo reel is here's a demonstration of the kind of experience that you're going to get when, when you get me. And, and what does that look like? Well, there's so much about the way that you personally as a speaker show up, your background, your personal story, but also the deep part in your heart of what you care about in making the world a better place. Like that all needs to come through. But I did speak a lot there about the speaker. And the truth is that you have to know all that stuff and then kind of forget it for the first while. Because when you are having a conversation with someone and you're a potential you know, candidate for them as a speaker, the questions you're asking them are things like, what's your goal for this? You know, what's the outcome that you want to achieve at this event? What are the struggles you're dealing with this year? What are your sales objectives, et cetera? And so those are way more the kinds of folks as you want to have in the early part of the video is all about them, what their core goals are, and then specifically how you uniquely address those. And therefore, it actually becomes a true demonstration of how you uniquely address them. And then they can make the decision. I like the way that she talks about it. I like the way that he talks about it more rather than this sizzle reel, which is like, here's all my best stuff thrown at you. And, and it's edited to cut out all the things that you might not want to see <laughs> yeah. or I might not want you to see. So, um, okay. So the, the effective demo reel, let's talk about the narrative part of that because to me, that's so important. And I think a lot of times you'll come away from a demo and you'll say, okay, I get that you speak on kind of several things, you know, circles all the way back to one of the things that we talk about, which is picking a lane. And, and so if you're clear on that lane, it's much easier to develop this narrative that you're talking about. Speak more about the narrative. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really important that we break apart two, you know, distinctions, which one is, is a concept 
or laid, right? It's a concept is here's the way we're going about it. And, and, and the a narrative of course, is the way that we're going to tell that story. So, you know, Apple has already created, you know, their specific brand in their mind, but then each year, each few years, we'll see a different concept or a different specific narrative that they're trying to display. So like right now throughout Portland and as the time as we're recording this podcast, their big um, thing right now is behind the Mac. And they have these concepts and stories of all these artists and all these creatives and all these kinds of people behind the computer etc. Right. And so I think it's really important for speakers to constantly refresh the kind of narrative or story that they're telling. Right. But the first thing that they have to do is create their distinction and you have to create distinction before you start the narratives. And so when it comes to distinction, yeah, I mean, it comes down to two things I think consistently is that you have to really mine what am I uniquely, what's my unique background and my unique experiences? Because that's where the distinction comes. It can't be some sort of cons idea that you come up with. It's like, there's no one in the world who has had your experiences, who's gone through the, the struggles that you've gone through in your life, who have seen and done the kinds of things in business or wherever. So what is the unique ways that I have experienced the world in my background and, and what about those specific things line up with what the current biggest struggles are for clients? And I think right where those two points meet is where you create distinction. So whenever I talk with someone, I actually have two lines coming up from, the other, from each side of the paper. And on one side, we're talking about their background. And the other, we're talking about their specific or ideal client's needs. Mm-hmm. And where those two point meets is where you create distinction. Once you create your distinction, then you can go into, okay, well, what story do we want to tell that will really bring that distinction to life? I love it. And talk about how important outcome is for that client. So you mentioned the, maybe the client's pain points. So what might, are, are you talking to them about what might your audience's needs be? And what yes. outcomes do you want to provide? Yes, but I think that there's kind of these three different areas and I don't want to make it too convoluted, but right, there's one is a desire. What is the desire that they have? Mm-hmm. Two is what are the needs or the struggles that they have? And then three, what are the outcomes they're trying to achieve? And I think it's really important that we look at all three of those because, um, and, and being specific about the ideal client, right? I use that word and, and I, I really, really pause everyone. And, get, and I want to get clear about that because one of the biggest like growth areas for me have been really defining what an ideal client is for me because my whole life is happier when I am helping and working with people that I truly love. And it's because we have a certain symmetry with certain kinds of people that we're just here to be a part of. And when you're making that impact, you can feel it. And so, so many people don't get clear about that from the beginning. So really saying like, when it's an innovation conference that's this size or when it's a group of 150 people in this setting, you know, when they look back and they say the best experiences that I've had are with these groups in front of this audience at this size with these people, it's like, perfect. Now we're clear about that. Then what is those specific audiences biggest desires? What are their biggest struggles and pain points? And then what are they trying to achieve in their outcomes? And now we can get clear about the kind of story to tell. That's so good. That is so good. All right. So we've got some homework for people. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a little workshop. Now we're turning this into. First, we need to really decide um, 
you know, where is your superpower? Where is your sweet spot? What is it that you really want to come across as your piece of distinction? But then we also want to identify your ideal client. And then once you have that, what are their desires? What are their struggles? And what are the outcomes that they would like? And um, I think that is going to be different for everyone. Some of you might be putting together a demo reel that really goes deeply into a topic because you do lots of different forms of speaking. You do keynotes, but you also do deep dive training and things like that. Whereas some of you, your role is to come in and give energy to the opening of a conference. You know, that's so everybody's going to have different. You're taking that into account based on. And, and coming out at the other end with the sizzle reel that they need, oh, excuse me, with the demo video that they need to accomplish that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you say that because it's so true is that each person needs to know where they fit best in a conference so that a meeting professional, you know, I mean, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day and they, they were saying, you know, I used to be able to get called and and someone would say, um, we need, oh, it was actually a speaker who was directly talking to a bureau person who got off that call with them. And then we had talked right after. And he said, the bureau person used to tell me, I get called all the time and say, I want an inspirational speaker date. I want a motivational speaker, right, to wrap it up at the end. And I want a, like a business person at 11. It's not like that anymore, no. right, no. at all. There's the meeting, uh, bureaus aren't getting those kinds of calls anymore. They're specifically saying, we want someone who will help us solve this issue. Mm-hmm. We want someone who does this. We want someone who's an expert in this area. And, and you know why that happened was back in the 80s or whenever it was in the 90s as well, when the economy went bust, all of the eyes went, um, stockholder eyes went on how is this money being spent? And ROI became a really huge thing at meetings because it looked like it was very, very wasteful. So now it's not like just a lot of fluff in storytelling. It's actually people wanting to have good outcomes when they're actually, you know, and trying to solve a problem. So there's another good question for you. What problem am I helping to solve, right? Absolutely. What specific problem, you know, exactly and to name it. And just name it in the first 30 seconds. Mm, That's okay. the key. Okay. So let's talk about the first 30 seconds because I think that um, that's a little a conversation that you and I had about Kendra Hall's video, K-I-N-D-R-A Hall.com. Check out her video, which really is working marvels for her, but it doesn't have her speaking in the first 30 seconds, which is what you recommend, isn't it, Chris? It doesn't. I mean, it actually... I mean, uh, you know, I can't, we all can agree. Kendra is one of the most wonderful people in the world. So, uh, you know, but I, I would say that I would, I, I never called him, but I would say that that's a perfect example of what not to do almost because, and it's all a matter of opinion, but we do interview meeting professionals all the time and we do watch analytics and we track every single video we create. We track it over oh. years and we actually can say statistically what people do and don't do and what they watch and what they don't watch. And um, when we ask me professionals, what they tell us is, look, I have 20 or 30 requests for proposals on my desk. I mean, I mean, RFPs that have been filled out on my desk. 
and I am literally going through usually about 30 seconds, giving it 30 seconds. And then I'm just making my decision because I've done this for years. I know what I'm looking for. Right. And I'm, and I'm moving on and I'm creating my short list. So, I mean, of course, that's not 100% true. And, of course, people watch longer than three seconds. Yeah. But enough people have told us, I have so much to do that I'm usually giving them 30 seconds before I'm ready to move to the next one. And I've already decided. And so, if you're not on stage in the first 30 seconds, right, it's a speaking demonstration video. It's a speaking video. You do not want it to be you talking to the camera and you don't want it to be wax on philosophically or anything in the other part. And or this a lot is, of bells and whistles and stuff oh, that yeah. are going to delay the process. No. Yeah, and then specifically they need to know where will I put this person to help us? Will this person help us solve the problem that I've been tasked to find or not? I know that this upcoming conference is about this. I know what the VP and others have told me about what we're trying to achieve. And if they hear that right in the first 30 seconds, they're so much more likely to put you on the short list. So the reason why I think Kendra's works is because I think she's getting so much spin that people are just going there specifically to confirm their suspicions that she's the one they want. Okay. So some people are in that luxurious position. Ryan Estes, I suspect, is in the same boat because he has so much, um, the word of mouth has been so great that a lot of people are talking about him. And if that's happening, then they're just going to say, oh, yes, okay, confirmed. He's as good as we heard. So then they go on to the next thing. And, and, but if you're, if you're competing and you've got a long list of clients to look at, if you've got a long list of speakers to look at, you're trying to look at six speakers all at once. I've seen, uh, having worked in a speakers bureau for six years, I've seen us give people like 30 seconds in, out, back in the days of VHS, <laughs> in, out, in, out. And it's like, okay, next, okay, next, okay, next. And literally that's how long you get is 30 seconds. Our attention span is minute. Yeah, but what's so amazing though, if you do capture them in the first 30 seconds, they'll keep watching until 90. Right. And if you do it right, is that at 30 seconds, you should be able to pause it. And actually we literally do this. Um, and, and we can put some of these things in the show notes for people. I actually created a short 30-second clip for just for this podcast for you. Oh, great. For us to look at together or for us to, like, to, to put in the show notes. And it, it really asks these questions around, you know, one, do I know specifically the problem that this speaker is solving, right? Two, do I know who they speak to? Mm. And, and three, do I want to keep watching? Ooh, I like that. And I honest, we, we, I, uh, an editor who works with our team, we have some amazing editors. They know that at 30 seconds, I'm going to push stop, no matter how good it is. And, and they're going to look at me and, and I'll say like, I want to keep watching or I don't want to watch anymore. It's not good enough yet. Mm. I'm not even going to, we're not even going to continue until this is better, right? Like, because it, 30 seconds is all you got today. And, and then they'll watch long, much longer if you get them in 30 seconds. But you have to know specifically what problem do you solve, which audience are you for. And that could be with just the simplest testimonial in the first 30 seconds at some point that says, he rocked our, our, our sales group, has never seen a better speaker, right, or whatever. Just so you know, okay, he's, he's perfect for sales, right? But okay. 
And the other other part is just there can't be a word I in the first 30 seconds. Oh, that's a good one. Let's put yeah. that in the show notes, Monica. I like that a lot. Um because it's not about you. And this was, it's funny that this is happening on this day because I just sent a video back to one of my clients and I said, um, A, you need to be speaking in the first 30 seconds and not talking to the camera. He did an, uh, I mean, it was beautifully shot, interview style, everything was great about it, production value wise, but you needed to be speaking. And he had some pieces in there that were, when you come to my session, this is going to be what's happened. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I come, we talk about being an expert first and a speaker second. And an expert does not say, come hire me to speak. They actually just deliver the goods. And so we take out anything about you talking about what your speeches do, talking to the camera. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I love that. And it brings up this really important point that is to the question you asked earlier, which you know I know we'll dive deeper into, but it's all around narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And a video that, or a book that anybody can pick up and they were, their whole business will change overnight is called Building a Story Brand by oh, Donald yeah. Miller. And um, it was someone who studied narrative therapy in graduate school who, who's been studying narrative and story for pretty much my entire like, uh, you know, professional career. When I, um, I knew Don through a few circles, and when I I'd read several of his books before, when I read uh, a, a book called how, or a PDF he created called How to Tell a Story years ago, I think he did it maybe seven years ago, I was like, this is what I've been trying to say, but so much better. And, <laughs> and so people can just literally change everything. But the key is, is that every Hollywood script and every movie that's truly effective, it follows a certain story, including things like the Bible. They literally follow yeah. a true formula. And the key yeah. is, is that in a story, always, the hero doesn't look like the hero at the beginning. They're kind of like really concerned. They're afraid. They're not sure what they're going to do. They have something that happens in their life that calls them into action. And along the way, they always meet, right? A guide, someone who then helps them along. And, and so often what speakers do on their websites and in their videos without meaning to, or if they mean to, is they position themselves as the hero. Mm. They say, I can do this for you. In my presentations, you'll get this. They ha- and they use their first name, blank, is award-winning, blah, 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 blah. Instead of saying, for sales teams who are struggling to find blah, 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 you know, everything this about this character who is the hero, and only once we hear that, that we're the hero, they believe in us, they know we're pot- what we can, we're capable of, then, then we get to know, now I've spent my entire, entire career learning what you're trying to achieve, and I can help you there. Right. But you'll be the hero at the end of this. Oh, um, I like and, that. And one more nuanced point, and this is so important, I can't even say it enough, is that the meeting professional is not the hero or the character in the story, ever. Someone who represents a, a, an event planning, if they're planning the event, they know that what their job is, is to make sure that the event is incredible and that people are successful and they leave away with, a, you know, leave with a huge ROI. So many speakers talk to the meeting planner saying things like, I'm going to make you the hero when really the hero in the story is always the audience member. Mm. What that audience member, because just like them, the meeting professional is in the business of making the audience happy. 
And it's about how can we together make the audience member happy, but it is not the meeting professional that we make these videos for. That's really good. I, and that's exactly why you don't want to be saying the words that we just discussed, you know, uh, when I do this or mm-hmm. when, you know, the following outcomes. Talking about the problems of your um, audiences is a much better way to go. So you talked a little bit about, oh, let's talk about length for a second. How long do you think a a video, a perfect video should be? Well, of course, this is going to differ. And anybody would say an effective video goes as long as as they want. I've heard some people say, um, I make it long. And I, uh, if they keep watching, they keep watching. But my the way the philosophy that I have is based off of years and years of analytics. Okay. So if you total up every bit of the, the analytics that we've seen f- since 2012 and, 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 and give you an exact average, the average of all of them is two minutes and 46 seconds. That's Ooh. as long as anybody will watch. Ooh. Now, does that, that means that some people watch to four minutes. And, and we create videos all the time that are about four to four and a half. And I, we, we recently finished a video and um, a meeting professional, the feedback was, I saw that it was four minutes and I knew for a fact I wasn't going to watch it. But it was so good and it kept me going that I watched all four minutes. So sometimes they will, right, if it's yeah. done well. But the key is, is that um, it's just like a movie trailer. It's got to make you want to see the movie without giving away too much information mm-hmm. and, and make you interested enough to put you on the short list. But then after you get on the short list, you should have, and I forgive me for the term of the military term, because I've got to figure out a better one, but you should have an arsenal of other videos that are, are made specifically with longer speaking sections in mind for the different kinds of clients that you serve. So if you have that call with them after they put you on the short list, you're one of the three people they're considering. And on the call, they say something around, we're trying to bring our level of engagement up. We have serious levels of disengagement in our company right now. You can follow up specifically with that group with, here's a section of my keynote where I talk about engagement or disengagement, how to solve that issue. And that one could be five to seven minutes and they'll watch it because they know the context. But if you try to make a longer video up front, what happens is anytime somebody turns a video off before it's done, what they're saying unconsciously to themselves is it didn't keep my attention. Mm-hmm. So you and want to finish sooner than they than they even want. You want them wanting more when the video finishes. I love that you said two minutes and forty six seconds because I thought it was me. You know, I was watching one that was just under four minutes, and I thought, okay, you know, I have to watch it right till the end. But it actually took me three tries. I kept pausing it, and then I'd think about what I wanted to say, and then I'd pause, watch the end. It took me three tries to watch a four-minute video. What is wrong with us in this world that we can't get through a four-minute video? Well, it's long, and the other thing that most people don't realize, and most of their editors unfortunately don't realize, is that a lot of times people use one song throughout, or maybe even just two. And the key is, is that the repetitive, most uh, corporate kind of music or music that people can get on a regular site um it has repeating beats it it has you know these different stanzas of the same kind of message over and our brain gets really fatigued hearing that kind of music over and over a lot of it has to do with the music 
we we change the music about every 30 to 45 seconds mm. and we drop out the music a lot and you have to think about things in movements you have you have to literally just go and start watching trailers if you're going to make your own video which a lot of you guys can do who are listening to this if you're planning on your emerging speaker and you got to create your own demo reel spend every morning watching a different trailer and watch it six different times and break it down by first, how does it make you feel at the end? Then how, how does the music play? Because you will never find a trailer that has one song in it. And it, the trailer is three minutes. It's going to take you on one emotion and then drop everything out, then take you somewhere else. Then it's going to bring you up. It's going to bring you down. So interesting. You've got to create movements and emotion, and you have to know the brand story that you are you know, displaying before you even start the process because that will teach you, okay, first I'm going to take them here, then I'm going to take them here, then I'm going to go there. And let's talk about what I think is one of the most difficult things about video is capturing the energy in the room. (laughs) Like, okay, so I'm seeing a lot more staged videos these days. So I know that there's no audience there. They're just in a big theater and they're filming it. And it looks beautiful. But for me, of course, what's lacking about that is that you aren't catching the audience's um, energy or laughter or anything like that. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the only way to combat this is for people to, and this is one of those things where you say it and you know no one's going to do it. And you know that if they did it, it'll make the biggest difference in, in their business, right? And so it's one of those times where you as a speaker or someone like for me in my situation being interviewed right now, it's like, I wish so bad they would do this one thing, but most people won't. So the one thing is that people will not buy a Panasonic 4K camcorder, which will cost them $549. And the key is that I just said 4K. If they just type in Panasonic 4K camcorder, it's the best one for the lowest price that I can tell you to buy. It's at your local Best Buy and, and a lav microphone, a personal lav microphone that's wireless, meaning that one side cut connects to the, batter, to the to your camera and one you clip on yourself. The total that you're going to spend in everything that you need to buy, which I recommend a Sennheiser G3. We're going to put links to all of yes, these right, and right to Amazon, maybe. maybe Exactly. We I'll okay. put both of these links and send them right over so we have them okay, cool. in the show notes. Okay. But if, the, if people buy a lav and they buy a, a, a Panasonic 4K camera, I have had, we've literally created an entire demo reels from personally filmed videos because what a, what a 4K camera lets you do is that, you know, it's much, much more pixels than a normal t- HD screen. Okay. And so you can zoom in and out. You can, you can set it up in the back of the room and you can literally leave everything on auto. It'll auto focus. It'll auto lighting. And you, everywhere you go, whether it's a room of 20 or 30 or 40 or 150 or 300 or whether they're filming it themselves or not, you should always, before you start, set up a camera in the back of the room and be capturing video of yourself because you never know what kind of setup it's going to be. You never know what's, and, and you should have this just, list of all of these filmed engagements that you've done whenever you're about to start a process with any editor because they will love you for it and and it'll keep you from having these staged looks it's just that so yeah how do you it must take you hours and hours and hours to go through people's video uh it doesn't actually uh we have 
very, very specific story model for how we're creating videos. And we have um, a color marking for each stage of a, of a story. And as we watch one keynote or two, we, we hit different color keys on our keyboards that are specifically around that audience or that character and, the stru- and then around the problems or struggles they face around what, yeah. Watching and marking and watching and marking. And then we know all the different colors and we know how to put together a powerful story. And a story is like music theory. It's anything. Once you know the elements of a story, you can create an infinite amount of songs or infinite amount of stories. Um, We know all the sections that we're looking for. But the key, of course, is this, is that before we start any project, we know the distinction and the story we're telling on paper. And so we're not looking for how are we going to create this? We're looking for what are the clips that are going to tell this story best. Okay. Okay, we circle back because I forgot to ask. I'm assuming you need to get a tripod with your um, package. So should we put a link to a tripod on there as well? Absolutely. Would you ask somebody else to monitor the video for you? It's not going to follow you automatically, is it? No, absolutely not. And um, that's there's a lot of people, you know, who are like, hey, should I invest in the one that goes back and forth, et cetera? Yeah. Those are going to cost more and they're not going to be good in low light settings and they're not going to be 4K. Okay. So for those reasons, I would say just forget that. This is the one. Yeah. And you set it up in the back of the room or off Mm -hmm. to the side or something like that. I'm thinking you want to get a little bit tighter shot, but are you saying that's not important? You want to do one of two things. You either want to set it up in the back of the room, zoomed in a little bit, so you see the back of audience heads and the entire stage so that you can walk back and forth on it. Or you want to set it up on the side of the room so that you see audience heads and you in the full stage. Okay. Uh, There's a video that we can put in the link as well of uh, me describing exactly where to put it. Okay. Um, But the key is, is that with a 4K camcorder like that, as long as you have a 64 gig SD card in it, Okay. Um, you'll be able to record about two to three hours. So you can start it and any 30 minutes before you have to go on or, or something like that and then go to the backstage or go to wherever you're going to be announced and it'll just run for hours. Okay. Um, so you, you just need a tripod, the camcorder, and you need a, a lavalier microphone. Lav. Okay, let's say that that whole conversation just makes us nauseous because we're completely non-technical. If someone wanted to inexpensively hire a crew in their hometown, what do you think of hiring like a wedding photographer or, or videographer or something like that, somewhere in the, that kind of low-cost region? Do you have any options like that that you recommend? Absolutely. And I would, I would have a whole process and in just about a month, we have uh, videos coming out of exactly how to do it, including a video that they can download that will train their videographer on what kind of videos uh, to get. That's really, really so can, good. Um, I was going to talk to you about this from the other perspective. Are you putting these things out on YouTube? Are you going to put the model on your website or where will you put those? That one specifically is going to be on our website and it will be behind an email request. Um, yeah. So it'll be a, for you, a magnet. So you mm-hmm. can gather names and email addresses, which is brilliant. Okay. So let's make sure we get a link to that when it's ready. And we'll include that in the show notes for people who are listening later on. And, and it's, if- it's called, don't make this a BFD, which <laughs> other people might think stands for something, but we say bad film day. Don't make this a bad film day. <laughs> I love that. 
And and I if know I where could, I went in my head. That's great. <laughs> if I could walk you through it, I I would say the number one biggest frustration that I hear consistently. There's not a a week that goes by that I don't hear this. Is I spent money, I had a video crew come in. They yeah messed it up. They messed it up so bad. And I'm so bummed because the lighting isn't right. The audio isn't right. I mean, and I, so here's, here's the steps. Number one, you go to thumbtack.com. Thumbtack.com. Thumbtack.com lets you type in, here's where I'm speaking. Here's the hours I'm speaking at. Here's the address I'm speaking at. Here's how, what I want. It lets you name a price for what you want to do ballpark for what you want to spend. And then you'll literally start getting tons of people bidding for your your project that day. Oh my goodness. If you, people, this is, this is really, okay. Thumbtack, is that T-A-C-K or T-A-C? Uh, T-A-C-K. C-K. Thumbtack.com. Yep. And it's and then, like a and then, site for video jobs. Absolutely. But what's so cool about it is that you don't have to worry about anything going into your email or putting an ad on Craigslist, you know, and then getting all these random calls, all those kinds of things. Then step two is you're going to start getting all these bids. You want to go into each one, look at their portfolio, Mm -hmm. and you want to look at do the kinds of videos in this person's portfolio look like the outcome of what I want them to film, right? Because you need to vet them specifically, right? And then you need to tell them, here's what I'm looking for. And I'm going to send over a PDF to you, Jane, of exactly what to ask them for in the in the. Okay, so we're going to not do the, the wedding idea because I have a feeling that their portfolio will not have the kinds of videos that we're after. And when it comes to shooting, they need to know what the outcome is going to be in order to shoot it properly. And, and we really do get a lot of complaints. I mean, this has got to be one of the toughest things is when you have magic in a room and then the video footage doesn't turn out. What are some of the things that you do that, that are must-haves when you come in to film? Are you, how many cameras are you doing? Tell, tell us a little bit about what you're making sure that you have. Yeah, well, the first is, is that we know the idea beforehand, and, and so people are going to have to educate their videographers always ahead of time. Listen, this is not a video about me. This is a video to show the experience that I create. Right. And that's such an important distinction. If you tell a videographer who is a professional, look, I'm not, because most of them, 100% of the time, if you don't tell them that, think they're coming in and filming you, which means that they're focused entirely on you. They're not focused on any kind of audience reaction, Mm -hmm. audience interaction, et cetera. So you need to really let them know, I am trying to film the experience I create, okay? So how people are feeling, what people are thinking, like all those kinds of things are things I'm trying to capture. And so do you mic the audience? It is a, uh, we always do, but it it becomes more expensive the more you ask. Right. right? And so I want to say that there's different levels of this. The first one is I want level one is I want a videographer with two cameras. Okay. One is going to be a wider shot, the back of the heads of the audience and me on stage. Mm Mm-hmm. And one is a close shot following me from the waist up the whole time. If I go into the audience, follow me. Whenever I have the group do an activity or whenever their interaction, come off me and start focusing on all of the audience interaction with that zoom lens. And then okay. when it's time to me to keep talking, bring it back up to me. Okay. Don't ever, ever, ever film my PowerPoint. 
<laughs> nobody wants to see my PowerPoint. Nobody cares about my PowerPoint. If I want to, I can put the slides in later. Right. And, and keep and manual. I know this is getting technical, but just, just go with me for one technical thing. Don't allow there to be an auto exposure. And what I mean is, is most videographers, when someone just hires an average videographer, they just set their camera to auto exposure. So the lighting is constantly changing depending on where they put the camera. And so if you walk in front of a PowerPoint or the PowerPoint screens are the left or right of you, all of a sudden it's going to expose to that big bright screen instead of to you. So you want to tell them, set the lighting on me being well lit and keep it there the entire time. Right. You don't want to see Maybe my Maybe I'll get you to help me with my Zoom uh, video. My webcam is always, it's off and it's doing all kinds of funny things. So I might get you to help me with that. Okay, so there's the lowest level. It's going to be one videographer. Two cameras. Two cameras. Okay. Then you go up a level. Then what? The, the next one is two videographers, three, three cameras. Two videographers, three cameras. And that is, I want one in the back of the room monitoring audio and me from the waist up the entire time. Okay. I want one still camera in the back of the room or to the side, getting the audience back of their heads and the, the full stage. And okay. three, I want one on the side at the front of the room, getting side shots of me and going back and forth between audience reactions. And I want that person to focus the entire time on audience reactions. And then here's the key. You want to give them an outline of your script, meaning, okay, when I start this story, at the end of the story, there's this laugh line. When you hear me say these words, be focused on the audience because I'm going right. to tell them all the laugh lines, tell them all the sad lines, tell them how to beforehand, here's the times to be focused on the audience. Yeah. And then you tell that videographer as well. As you're filming the audience, can you kind of start identifying certain groups or tables that are a little bit more emotive, meaning that there are certain pockets that people listen a little bit more uh, with their face a little bit more intently. When it comes time for my funny line, be focused on that table, right? And so you can set them up for success. The problem is, is that they're coming into an event when the first time that someone asked me to film their speaking event, which was so many years ago, I had no idea. Even as someone who had filmed wedding videographies and company, or sorry, wedding videos for years and company videos and all kinds of stuff, I had no idea how to film a speaker event, Mm. right? And so you have to set them up for success. You can't just assume that they're going to just get it right. And so you want to either- really good. Yeah. That's really helpful. Uh, Did we cover the levels? Yeah. So I would say those are the two is that one is I wanted one videographer and I'll give you the price range with two cameras- I don't know, I want you to have a lav microphone mm-hmm. and a way to record the, the sound of the house lav as well. Because wow. the key okay. is, is that you want two recordings of your audio. I mean, how many times? I don't know if there's a, a speaker on the planet who has mm-hmm. ever invested in video that didn't have an audio get messed up. Yeah. So many VRFers say, oh, I've got a, a boom microphone on the camera. It'll pick you up fine. No, it won't. <laughs> you need the lav picked up. You need sure. the lav. And so you need to tell them, look, if you don't have a lav microphone, rent one right. before you come. And they're $25 a day, but they'll, you just tell them, they'll get it. Yep. And then I want you to have a recording device to pick up the house sound as well. So the key is one videographer, mm-hmm. they have two cameras. One is following you from the waist up with the zoom lens. One is 
from the audience back of the room, heads of the audience in the full stage. I want an audio device recording the sound out of the house mm-hmm. PA. And I want you recording into the camera an extra laugh. That's level one. And what you should put on that is that for a half day, it's 400 to 600. Mm-hmm. For a full day, it's 600 to 1,000 for one videographer to do that. Okay, that's good. And, yeah, and for the, the two-camera person, you're right. just saying, I want the same thing, only I want a third camera, and I want to be focused on the audience. Right. I want two camera operators, same audio stuff, and, and I want you to capture testimonials after. Now, you can set up in the back of the room, I'm, and I'm going to start directing people to you. Okay, very good. And, and that should be Price somewhere range. between... 800 to 1200 for two videographers. Okay. Let's talk about the idea that if a speaker wants the big stage, if that's what they covet is the big IMAG on either side of them and big um, situation, that's what they really should be filming, right? And a lot of those already would have a production company on site. Should they rely on that? or uh, the production company getting them video? Should they talk to the production company ahead of time to find out if they're recording? How do people handle that? Thank you so much for asking that question, Jane, because obviously it shows a lot of (laughs) knowledge on your behalf on this part because you've dealt with it before. But um, the bigger the audience, the bigger the stage, the less that that people are going to see of the room. And here's why. If you take, for example, influence, because so many people know that the National Speaker Association Influence Conference, we've got this huge production company coming in. That production company has contractors working for them, right? The people, those aren't, they don't work for that production company. They hire contractors. So one is a videographer in the back. One is a videographer on the side. One is in the back of of the stage and his job, and it's usually a male, but sometimes it's female, but his job is to pre cut and then record whatever is being shown on those big screens. So, you know, if, if it's a close shot and then the speaker does something kind of fun, it's going to go to the wider shot. But the question that I have to ask you is, at any point in time during a huge conference, do you ever see the audience on the big screen? And the answer no. is no. Right. That is all you're going to get. That is all you're going to get from those big events. So it's so amazing because you can say, you can just feel in the room when you're there and, and you can say like, I am so pumped about the video I'm about to get from this one. Mm-hmm. There's 2000 people here. It's amazing. Yeah. And you get it back and you could be in an empty room because nobody knows there was 2000 people there Energy. because the energy's missing. Yeah. The iMag is focused entirely on these tight shots so that everyone can see clearly. Right. And so no matter what, you always want to either have it in your contract that I, as part of the work that I do, can bring my personal videographer yes. to film a story video about me, mm-hmm. etc., or make deals with the group that I will let you have this recording or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's union-based, then don't ask permission. I'm not joking. I mean, seriously, you can have someone coming in just on your team, if they're on your staff, even as a 1099 right. in this They moment, work for me, you would they say. They work for you. Right. You can okay. bring your own people into this. Right. You know, it's not a whole production crew, but the key is, is you can say, look, I'm going to have this big event. I'm going to have the waist up. I'm going to have the, 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 yeah. the whole stage shot. You, as a personal videographer I'm bringing in, focus on the audience or get some back of the room big shots. And get the sound, right? The sound is never there. 
Yeah. And, and in this situation, I want you to focus on putting a, la- a microphone on the audience right in the front, but okay. don't ever, ever rely on the cameras. And anytime I'm, and uh, this is a rule, anytime someone says, don't worry, we're filming it. Yeah. That's code for you're not going to get crap. <laughs> but I will say this is that if you, it, it, one of the things I always recommend to people is travel with a pre addressed FedEx box or small mm. USPX box. To send it and, to you. Easily. An Amazon card or $20 bill. Yeah. And, and, hand it to the videographer or the event people because you're not going to get that for weeks, right? right you right. want to hand it to the person backstage and, and just say, hey, could you transfer that stuff on this this afternoon or after the event? Because what happens is right after, like, say, lunchtime, like at Influence Conference, uh, NSA asked, hey, we want to really quickly get this video out of Dan Thurman's speech. Mm-hmm. So I went backstage, I brought an external hard drive, and I talked to the guy, and I gave him a $20 bill, and I said, hey, I know how busy you are. Yeah. At, 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 right after the, it's over, if you could just transfer that file that you're recording onto this hard drive for me, I'd appreciate it so much. And wow. it, immediately he did it. I walked away with the hard drive. Or just have it pre-range of it, knowing that they might be able to say, hey, we'll be able to do it tonight. Right good. Mail it to me at this address. Here's the envelope. Here's the thing. I really yeah. appreciate you and give them an Amazon car or a $20 bill and you're going to get footage right away. Okay. So your goal is to get it in that moment if you can do it because once they leave, you know, their lives are exploding. So there's a lot to do. This is gold. I'm so excited, Chris, that we have so much gold for people. I feel like we should have maybe turned this one into a workshop <laughs> and uh, provided a lot of steps. Let's talk about how people um, should get a hold of you. Um, let's talk about your website and if there's something specific that they should go and get. Yeah, well, our website is videonarrative.com mm-hmm. and we, we, um, are truly passionate about people who are on a mission to make the world a better place. And we, yeah, we partner with, our vision is to partner with the, the world's thought leaders and influencers and help them tell their story so that the world becomes a better place. Mm. And so if, if people are on a mission and they know I have got to have the kind of visual elements to really spread this and make this impact, okay. then we're definitely the right people for them. Um, but the other thing that a lot of people ask is, like, hey, I need to know how to make professional videos on my own so that I can do regular releasing of this or I want right. my podcast to be better, I, any of those kinds of things. And so we do have free training videos for that. Okay, and, so and go they're going to be on yeah. your website. Okay. Well, it's just homestudiosetup.guide. Okay. And it just home allows people. Studiosetup.guide. Yeah, and it just lets people, you know, it's just, it's free videos that will allow them to set up, know exactly what kind of equipment to buy and how to set up their room or their garage or their basement or whatever to film professional looking videos. Okay, well, you're making me think I need to ditch my uh, Logitech 920 because it's not keeping up. And I realized that it's been, it's a problem. There's a setting that I need to change, but uh, anyway, you're making me much, much more aware of that today. So thank you for that. (laughs) And um, okay. So people want to get in touch with you. They're going to go to videonarrative.com. And what's their first step? Uh, It's just always a 30 minute connection call. Okay. 30 Mm -hmm. minute connection call. Excellent. Well, is there anything really important that you would like to say that we might have missed? Well, I, I, I do think it's just 
do it in stages, right? If you're an emerging speaker, yes, do, do, you can edit your own videos, but the key is, is make it related specifically to their specific problems. But if you want to make a big impact and you want to grow your business, this is not because I'm in this line of work and you can back me up on it, Jane, but sure. people do need to invest in the right people and make sure that they have the professional look. I just, it's amazing how often I run into speakers and I feel like our industry is kind of synonymous with this. It's like a bunch of rebels who went out on their own and left corporate America and other different kinds of things, right? And they're so used to doing things on their own that a lot of times um, it's like, I can figure out a way to do that. And you spend all this time and wasted energy. It's like, just find the right people in the right professional venue. And, and of course, there's so many places to waste money, but vet them, find out if the right ones, see if the referrals will match up. And if they do, you got to invest in the kind of visual elements to make sure that you deliver the same presence like online as you do in person. And they can take a look at your portfolio. Uh, you've got several of my clients on your portfolio. So um, the work that you do is fantastic. And what I like about it is your videos don't look all the same. We used to see videos pop up when we were back in the VHS days and we'd, we'd be able to go identify who made the video because they all look kind of cookie cutter. So I really like that you don't do cookie cutter. And I... I don't think it's a matter of if people work with you, Chris. I think it's just a matter of when and how many uh, foiled efforts they may take before they get to you. And like you said, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Do it yourself if you if you feel capable, and um, and and work your way towards Chris. And and I love that you're offering. Uh, I love that you're offering the guide on how to do the home shoots because. Um, we really believe that if you want to be a speaker, that you should be producing video constantly to put it out on LinkedIn and put it in different places. And we want to have the most professional approach to that. So thank you, Chris. Oh man, it's such an honor. And then I just want to say, just keep being true to yourself. There's not, the reason I work in the speaking industry is that there's nothing more vulnerable about wanting to make the world a better place and being on a mission or wanting to, after running a business yourself, helping others build their businesses, et cetera. And to put yourself out there and nobody doesn't like reject your company, they reject you sometimes, you know, when you're not getting the, the gigs, like I just wanted to just always, I mean, you are the absolute salt of the earth. And, and I, I want to just truly encourage anyone listening that if they have a mission and they want to become a professional speaker or they want to grow in their speaking business, it's for a reason and keep listening to it because you do the work almost every day that very few do, which is you wake up and you build a brand around you personally and your mission in this world, which is so hard to do. So thank wow. you for doing what you do. Well, thank you. That is beautiful. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to do a little capture of that because we'll put it out on our website. Thank you so much, Chris West, for your time today. And Wealthy Speaker listeners, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. If you've liked what you're hearing, uh, give us a rating, uh, put a comment on there so that uh, Chris will know and I will know that you have enjoyed our podcast today. And with that, we will say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speakers Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free wealthy speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, wealthy speakers.